Hello, everyone. I hope you're doing exceptionally well. Welcome back to the Escaping Debt Podcast. My name is David Moffitt. I'm your host today, as always. Today, we're going to be talking about debt service ratios and how largely they're meaningless, useless. Uh, They don't really give a good indication of somebody's financial stability um, and how you really shouldn't be relying on them um, or a bank to tell you what you can afford. Uh, for debt payments. And remember that our goal is that no consumer should have to struggle with the overwhelming burden that debt causes. And we believe that it's simply not possible to work for both the creditors and the consumer at the same time in an unbiased fashion. And that's why we work for you, not your creditors. So let's dive into this uh, a little bit more. And and you might hear some clicking in the background just because I've actually got a bunch of information pulled up here into what exactly is a, a debt service ratio, right? Like, what, what are we even talking about? These, these terms might be largely unfamiliar to a lot of people. So, uh, essentially, let's define what a debt service ratio is first. So, a, a debt service ratio is a calculation that a bank does uh, to determine whether you can afford uh, a payment or not. Um, so, for example, you go into a bank, and you want to apply for a $20,000 loan, they will calculate um, what's known as your gross debt service ratio, as well as your total debt service ratio. And these are um, slightly different, but the principle is the exact same. They essentially calculate how much you're spending on um, the payment itself in relation to your income and then your your total obligations, okay? So they'll take into account, you know, all of your debt payments, your mortgage payments, you know, the utilities on your house, for example, and and, and they, they divide that into your income. In most instances, these formulas are used primarily when lending on mortgages. Um, however, as I understand it, they are used when you go in for just a regular loan uh, itself. I'm going to be talking about these primarily in the concept of going to get a mortgage. However, these still apply um, largely when you're looking at a personal and secured loan. So let's kind of go through these calculations, okay? So let's let's start out with just your regular gross debt service ratio, um, which is really the cost of the um, individual property that you're going to be purchasing, okay? So for example, they take your mortgage payments, the property taxes, your heating costs, um, and any associated condo fees if you're purchasing a condo, and you're dividing it into your gross annual income. The total debt service ratio, which is usually what they'll calculate if you're going to get an unsecured loan, um, is all of your house uh, household expenses, uh, any credit card payments that you're paying, and other loan payments like car payments, uh, mortgages, second mortgages, all this type of stuff, and then you're dividing it by your gross annual income. Now, these guidelines depend and change a little bit per bank and for what you're planning on doing, but the number you get is a percentage. But here's the problem with this stuff, okay, is that you'll notice that although I mentioned taxes, I mentioned property taxes, and you're now dividing your this formula by the gross income that you end up making. So what ends up happening in a lot of instances is that people are just, just shy of being able to qualify for a mortgage. Um, and I'm looking at the CMHC um, guidelines and, and the page, and I'll, I'll put this in the show notes, that says that CMHC normally restricts debt service ratios to 35% for the gross debt service ratio and 42% for the total debt service ratio. Um, so to kind of put this in common language, 
the gross debt service ratio as it relates to properties calculates the cost of that individual property. Okay, so it essentially says how much does this house um, cost in relation to your overall income? And the total debt service ratio, uh, and to kind of back up a little bit, that gross debt service ratio, it omits other forms of debt. Okay, the total debt service ratio takes into account the entire cost of all of your debt situation. Okay, um, so it'll factor in loan payments and credit card payments and everything like that that I've already mentioned. But here's the issue with all of this type of stuff, okay? Is that when you get paid, there are a ton of deductions. The first one that many people are aware of are just your regular income taxes. Income taxes in this formula are not taken into account at all, okay? Which means that theoretically, somebody that makes a reasonable and sizable income, I would, I would say, more, more sizable than reasonable, uh, they could theoretically eat up a ton of their disposable cash flow just in the taxes that they have to pay. So I'll use my own situation um, back when I was in the military. So back when I was in the military, uh, I was making about $65,000 a year. This is all public knowledge. You can look it up. And when I run what I was um, supposed to make just through an income tax calculator, you take $65,000, you put it through an income tax calculator, I should have been receiving almost $10,000 more per year after taxes than I actually was. Now, most people would be like, okay, well, this doesn't make any sense. If you were supposed to receive it, why weren't you? And it'll become clear in a second. Well, it's because of everything that was coming out of my pay. So, you know, there's obviously the taxes that come off. There's the pensions that we ended up having to pay for. Little known fact, you actually pay for your pension when you're in the military. It, it isn't something that you get for free. Uh, medical costs can come off of of, uh, of pays, and in the military you get free medical at least while you're in. So this is more uh, talking about a regular pay. Um, any type of, of dues, so we had mess dues, for example, and you know you think of just a regular individual that was it's out and about. They might have regular union dues. They might have mandatory fees that they end up having to pay. I mean, there's all kinds of costs that that don't get factored into this debt service ratio that an individual might have to pay. So when I was looking at my income, I was losing nearly 50% of my pay. Okay. So if you follow this whole debt service ratio calculation, especially when you look at the total debt service ratio that calculates everything, by the way this formula worked, I was losing roughly 50% of my income. Okay. I could max my service ratios up to 42% in relation to a house, meaning that I would have roughly 8% of my income left to pay for you know, groceries and the gas and, and all the other expenses that come with life, right? So I, I hope that makes sense. And, you know, it'd be easier to visualize this uh, if, if we had a screen share or something like that, but I hope it makes sense. Long story short, this debt service ratio doesn't take into account the actual true costs of life. And the largest costs of life for many people is uh, taxes, um, 
the various deductions that come off of their pay that might not necessarily be related to taxes. So again, you know, pensions, medical um, plans, union dues, uh, long-term disability, this type of stuff. It doesn't take into account, you know, cable, internet, phones, um, your family size. Like, for example, you know, the gross family income of a household may be 75,000, which for a family of two would probably be a very, very, very comfortable salary to make. But if you're now a family of six or seven, you know, that 75,000 starts to become really restricted because your grocery bill goes to the roof. This service ratio doesn't take any of that into account, which means that is this really a good way to actually lend people money? Well, according to the bank, it is, and the bank will give you a loan if you fit within this 42%, even though your expenses might far exceed what you actually have available, but you might just fit into this 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 calculation. And we see this time and time again where people are lent money that they really couldn't afford from the get-go, but again, because of these calculations, um, it ends up working just fine, right? So I don't believe that you should be using these calculations when um, making your decisions to borrow money. I don't think you should be listening to your banker uh, as to whether you should borrow money. I think you should be listening to yourself, uh, potentially a financial advisor if you're working with one. And I think that instead of calculating debt service ratios, I think you should be going through making a proper budget and going through an entire money management plan and actually figuring out what's affordable. Now, affordable doesn't mean that when you write your income at the top, that your you know remaining money at the bottom says zero dollars, especially if you haven't saved anything. You know, a proper, effective money management plan has you putting aside money. Okay, so make sure that you're prioritizing these types of things, because what this means is if you properly plan and properly calculate how much you can actually afford to pay, then what will end up happening is you'll live a much much. Uh, a better life. It'll be filled with less stress, right? You imagine if you get into a house and you can barely afford it because, you know, in, in my example, I was losing 50% to taxes, deductions, pensions, you name it, on my pay when I was in the military, and I can max out my debt service ratio to 42% of my annual gross income, leaving me roughly 8% left to live. And let's just calculate how much 8% actually is. Um, give me a second here. So 8% would be $5,200. So according to this calculation, okay, I would have been able to um, feed myself uh, by gas, uh, have a cell phone uh, or a phone, uh, internet cable. Um, you know, I'd been able to, you know, just go buy regular household things and I would have only had $433 a month to do that. Now, interestingly enough, from what we've seen, the average person spends about $250 a month on groceries. So let's subtract that. So now I have $183 left. Um, say cell phone plan, let's say it's cheap, $50. That's cool. So I have $133 left. And that's for everything. You've got to understand this, right? Um, like, it, like uh, obviously, this makes absolutely no sense. And so I don't actually know why um, CMHC... And, and these banks use this formula. If anything, 
if they were to use this formula, they should make these calculations, say, closer to, I don't know, 25 or 30%. Now, here's the thing is they'll never do that. And the reason why they'll never do that is because the basis of the economy is people purchasing things, right? Um, and a lot of the economy is based on people borrowing money to purchase the goods that they want to purchase, which means that the last thing that you want someone to do is to not be able to borrow as much, at least from a, from a governmental level and from a banking perspective. And banks make money lending money, right? So long story short, this was a short one today, but you shouldn't be relying on the banks to tell you what you can afford. You shouldn't be relying on a formula uh, to tell you what you can afford. Instead, you should be working out a proper money management plan. You should be going through making sure you have room for savings. And what will end up happening is you don't have to care about these numbers. If you properly plan and you ever need to borrow money, you'd walk in and you should be properly prepared because of the fact that you'll be well ahead of wherever they're at. Now, I'm not going to lie. This does take effort. It does take time to establish, but I truly believe that anybody can get there if they put their mind to it. So guys, I know this is a short one today. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you in the next one. And always remember that our goal is to make sure that no one has to struggle with the overwhelming burden that debt causes. And this is very true when we're talking about debt service ratios because it is what puts people into a lot of debt. Remember that we believe that it's simply not possible for someone to represent and work for both the consumers and the creditors at the exact same time in an unbiased fashion. And that's why we work for you, not your creditors. Catch you in the next one. Have a great one. Bye.